Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's a maximum. Oh, it's brilliant. Take it away by Wicks. Let's see Oh, it's glorious. And it's Ward Prowse. He strikes yeah. it. Stamford shot. Oh, brilliant. The Pogba. Oh, what a finish. Came out to him. Menez. Pick that one out. What a goal by Harry Kane. Saka, 2-0. Jesse Lingard, oh, thumping finish. The champions of 2021 are Manchester City. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, EPL Index proudly brings to you the best prediction podcast in the world, a tad predictable. With your host, Tariwa Chanakira, and his guest, it's me, Jody McInnes. It's Game Week 36, and you know what that means. It's time for another brand new episode of A Tad Predictable. And boy, do we have a blockbuster for you this Game Week. We are joined by the reigning defended, defending Banquet or Burnet champion, Jody McInnes. Jody, welcome back to the show. It's been quite a while. Thank you. So good to be back. The champ is back in the building. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I mean, you you are doing big things out there in the not just podcasting world, YouTube world as well, which is obviously taken quite a lot of your time. And it, we, you know, we we obviously are one of your biggest cheerleaders here on a tad predictable. You are our defending champ for Bank It or Burn It. But yeah, um, we'll get to the plugs towards the end of the show. But, um, you know, just from the people from a tab predictable podcast, just to shout out to you, we are, we are happy to see that you are, you know, expanding and you have expanded, um, you know, into your own stuff and into your own shows and, and, and football shows and that kind of stuff is really cool to see. But, um, you know, there's good things in terms of you individually, and then there's not so good things or good things when it comes to the team that you do support. What what is your feelings? What spurs this season? I mean, you you've had to you've had to cover them um, this entire season. Has that changed the way you support them? How how's how's that dynamic been? Oh. <laughs> It hasn't changed. Um, I've, I've always felt the same way about Spurs. I think anybody who supports Spurs is always going to feel the same way about Spurs until we actually win a trophy or something like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, it's been a, it has been definitely a roller coaster of a season for us. Um, you know, right at the very start of the season, had no idea that we would be in this position right now. So, you know, I'm, I'm extremely, I'm scared. I'm very scared. Obviously, we're fighting for that top four spot. Um, I'm trying to take it one game at a time at the moment. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm also really ha- happy and um, grateful that kind of we've had Antonio Conte come in and we've been able to actually um, look at having some kind of place in Europe um, because I think at the start of the season for me, you know, the best I could have thought we were going to hope for was maybe ninth, <laughs> seventh, eighth, ninth spot. So yeah. Um, I think my message is take it one game at a time. <laughs> um, we've got a big game coming up this weekend, which we'll talk about. But yeah, um, I still love them, but I'm very frustrated by them. <laughs> no. Well, you know what? Uh, you are welcome anytime on this show. If you want to vent, if you want to celebrate Spurs, I guess it depends with the week, um, with the yeah. with the way that they've <laughs> been playing. But they're not the only team, and, and I suppose which is what makes it quite a nervy situation because – You've got Arsenal there um, chasing top four as well. And then Man United, mm. they look to have drifted away and they're trying to crawl back, back into it. So it could get quite spicy towards the end of the season. But 
We'll start things off, Jody, with two teams that I think it's safe to say are safe from all the drama that is the Premier League at the moment. I mean, we've got is- we've got issues to resolve at the bottom of the table. We've got issues to resolve when it comes to European football. We've got issues to resolve when it comes to who gets the title at at the end of the season. So a lot still needs to be decided this season. Um, but Brentford and Southampton, they're on that magical 40 points, you know, that, 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 that threshold that people constantly speak about. If you get to 40 points, you're safe, you know, um, no worries for you. Um, what are you expecting from this game then from, you know, a, a Brentford side that they, I think they they had a patch in about, um, March, April, where they won key games that pushed them beyond that, you know, um, eventually leading up to the 40 points that they currently have now. But they've had a draw in the, you know, the the nil-nil draw with you guys, um, Spurs, about two weeks ago. And then they had that 3-0 loss to Man United on Monday Night Football when, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo turns up once again. But what what can we expect from Brentford in this game against the Southampton side who in their last five games they've only won one game which was that game against Arsenal which I'm assuming you enjoyed quite thoroughly but other <laughs> than that their performances haven't been that inspiring um recently lost 2-1 to Crystal Palace obviously that late Zaha goal um meant that they got the L in that one but yeah is this a weird one for you to predict uh, what what are you thinking for Brentford versus Southampton yeah definitely a weird one i think it is, i think it is quite difficult when you're um looking at teams kind of in that mid table um and they're both kind of been inconsistent i think this season um I think, like you said, Brentford have been doing pretty well up until kind of the last couple of games. Um, and I was so frustrated when we drew against them a couple of weeks ago. Um, I actually I kept walking around all day thinking that we'd lost that game, but it was a draw, but it just felt like a loss for some reason. Um, so, yeah, I was really frustrated about that one. But um, I think Southampton haven't really been having a great time at all this season. Um, I think... I was so annoyed when we lost against them in February, um, considering the form kind of that they've been on. So that was really frustrating for us um, kind of in the Spurs world. But um, I think in terms of this game, Southampton beat um, them, I think, 4-1 in January. Um, And I I actually have a feeling that they might be looking for a win in this one as well. Um, I think Brentford have done really well to climb to kind of that mid-table spot. But I think what I'm going to do, I'm going to give it to Southampton with this one. And I'm going to say, I think I'll say 2-1 to Southampton for this one. Interesting. So the away win for Southampton in this one, and they kind of mm. get that, that, that mid-table bragging right, so to speak, if we, if we can <laughs> call it that, um, and, you know, get further away from that 40 points, looking further up the table. Um, from my perspective, I... That Brentford performance against Man United was a weird one for me. Mm. Um, they didn't look as composed and as um, well coached as I've seen them in previous games. I thought they struggled to figure out Man United in in certain situations during that game. Um, but yeah, sometimes you just you know matches make fights or, or styles make fights. So sometimes maybe you know maybe they just didn't match up to Man United really well. Um, Against Southampton, against an inconsistent Southampton side at that, I think Brentford get back on track in terms of the the winning ways that they had shown in not too far distant future um, past. You know, uh, I've gone with a 1-0 Brentford win. I do think it's going to be a close game. Um, I don't know if it's going to be necessarily the most exciting game of the weekend, (laughs) but I I do think it's going to be a close one. So I've got 1-0 there. We've... We've, we move on to Burnley versus Aston Villa. Now, Burnley have been very interesting of late. Obviously, the big news, them firing Sean Dyche, um, mm. I, th- I thought rather controversial thing to do at the time. Um, you know, if anyone was going to get you out of there, I would have thought Sean Dyche would have. But it seems like the, the management by committee situation that they currently have going on <laughs> has been working because Jody, they've got three wins in a row. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously, the Watford game. People thought maybe the the you know the the honeymoon phase would have dried up, um, considering how that game was going. But no, Burnley come back quite late on <laughs> and, and then end up winning the game. So, 
they now seem to be the team that's more likely based on form strictly based on form they're the most likely to stay up um they've dragged leeds into that conversation for the relegation battle they tie with leeds on 34 points both having played 34 games so one point per game for the season um everton are currently in that 18th spot they've got 32 points two points behind leeds and burnley but crucially Everton have that game in hand. Now, it could get to a situation where, you know, Everton do leapfrog the two clubs there and then we've got a real, real juicy situation on our hands. Albeit still juicy as it is right now, but that game in hand, until that game in hand is played, I think um, everyone's kind of going to be yo-yoing and and getting the calculators out and all of that kind of stuff. But Burnley... They have to face uh, an Aston Villa side that was sliding down the table, Jody, at a <laughs> rapid pace. Um, the honeymoon mm. phase, speaking of honeymoon phases with Burnley, the honeymoon phase for Gerard had well and truly <laughs> gone and they were just plummeting down the table. They lost two results, a nil-nil draw against Leicester and then that 2-0 win against Norwich. Now, this is against a side that's kind of you know relegated not you know the relegated norwich team um is can we take a lot from that win for aston villa or was it just a situation of them saying look beat the team that we need to beat that we should beat obviously the team at the bottom of the table beat them get some confidence into the team again um and then we'll, we'll try and ride that wave into the the rest of the season i mentioned in last week's podcast how important I thought it was that they finish the season strong in order to start next season in a good way. Um, but yeah, so they come up against Burnley. Will they be the ones to stop this um, honeymoon phase for Burnley, obviously having just gone out of their honeymoon phase themselves? Mm, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like you said, Burnley are having a resurgence, I think. Um, I think three wins on the bounce and then winning to Spurs. I keep going back to Spurs, but winning to Spurs back in <laughs> February um, was another really disappointing blow for us, um, well, for me especially. I was not happy about that. Um, I think Villa were lucky against Norwich last week, I think. But like you said, they haven't been so lucky uh, before that. Um, I think Burnley beat Villa last time they played each other. Um, but yeah, I think t- Turf Moor is always a tough one. I think it's always challenging going to Turf Moor. Um, and I think especially the fact that Burnley have got this kind of resurgence going on at the moment. Um, I definitely think they're going to take this one out. So I'm going to say 1-0 to Burnley for this one. Oh, the 1-0 win. So yeah. Burnley keep the good times rolling for you. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to join you on that one, though, because Burnley just seem like they, they, they're pulling results out yeah. every single situa- situation that they put themselves into. And Aston Villa, I'll bait that 2-0 win against Norwich. It It, it is Norwich, the, the team that's bottom of the league. I don't take any stock <laughs> in it. I mean, Gerard did change a few things with some of the players that he did play, maybe try and liven things up a little bit, um, get some competition juices flowing uh, between the players and... and Certain players being, whether you want to say dropped or rotated, I guess it depends um, your opinions on the players that were not starting that usually do start. But yeah, I, I think Burnley are in a better groove at the moment. They're more harmonious and I think that's going to carry them through this game. And, you know, Aston Villa are going to have to figure out the rest of their season elsewhere and then look ahead into next season. And speaking of trying to figure out, you know, where you are as a club i mean chelsea have this <laughs> this cloud this massive thunderstorm cloud potential thunderstorm cloud hanging over their heads at the moment with this ownership um situation whether or not mm-hmm. you know I, I think it's you know they do get taken over but by who who, who takes them over whether or not that's bleeding into, you know, some of the atmosphere at the ground, maybe with the players, the uncertainty yeah. with, with their futures. And, and, you know, there's a lot. There's a lot that is going on at Chelsea. And, and I wonder if that's been what's affected their form of late. We know mm. they had that emphatic 6-0 win um, against the aforementioned Southampton. They then went and lost to Arsenal 4-2 to your chagrin. They beat 
uh, West Ham 1-0, which was a solid result considering what West Ham have done this season. Then they get that 1-1 draw with Man United at Old Trafford when I think everyone was expecting Chelsea to just absolutely destroy Man United in that game and kind of, (laughs) you know, compound the woes of Man United. But Man United get a draw in that one. And then they lose 1-0 to Everton, you know, in in the Frank Lampard derby, um, which I guess is a surprise (laughs) considering how Everton have played of late. But in terms of style of Everton's play, I don't think that was a surprise. We saw it against Man City. We saw it against Liverpool where they're happy to relinquish all the possession and try and waste as much time as they possibly can <laughs> try and get a goal whether it's through a diving for a penalty or anything and I'm, I'm i'm i don't think it's controversial saying diving for a penalty or anything because that's what their players have been doing and i i speak facts I'm, 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 i don't think i don't think it's anything other than diving at this point in time because that's what the players have been doing and i noticed that commentary were very careful not to say that um, Anthony Gordon is a diver. There were, you know, you could see they were protecting him, and they've done it game after game now, where they're mm. saying, "Oh, he's got to be careful." Oh, you know, <laughs> using words that are just wrapping him in cotton wool. The guy's yeah. a diver, and until he proves me otherwise, he he will be known as a diver to me. I'm sorry. There's there's certain situations where you you start getting a reputation. I personally think he's got that reputation, especially with me. Um, mm-hmm. I do think he's a diver, and which is a shame because I do think he's got potential to be a really good player. Um, but if he starts getting into these type of habits, uh, not for me, oh. mate. I'm, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not one for players that do that. It it, frustra- it frustrates me beyond. You know, I remember there was a time when Sadio Mane got into a phase of just falling over. <laughs> the wind blew his direction, and it just grated my cheese in all the wrong places. And I, I, I can't. <laughs> I can't do it with, with divers. But anyway, um, we're not even talking about Everton. I'm going on a rant about Everton. We're talking about Chelsea. We're talking about them facing Wolves in a must-win game for Chelsea. Because I, I joked a couple of weeks back, um, we had Obi Semenya on. And I was saying, you know what, Chelsea, I think they're comfortably locked up third place. They don't need mm-hmm. to worry about the teams below them. And I felt very justified in saying that because of the inconsistency we've seen with the with the teams below Chelsea. And I thought, you know, Chelsea would definitely get a result against Man United, obviously beat Everton. <laughs> I mean that 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 you know, with the seemingly the hate that I'm producing for Everton on this podcast. <laughs> um <laughs> I guess I, I I was confident they would they would definitely win that game. That's not been the case. They're now six they're now three points. Um, ahead of Arsenal five points ahead of Spurs it's starting to get a bit squeaky bum time for Chelsea I think and against the tough wolf side you know a wolf side that were tough at the beginning of the season to play they were tough in the middle of the season third quarter they were tough Towards the stretch, it's kind of starting to fall apart a little bit for Wolves. I'm, I'm sad to say, you know, three losses on the bounce. Four, four of their last five games have been losses. And you're looking at those losses. It's a 3-2 loss to Leeds, who obviously are in the relegation battle at the moment. It was a 1-0 loss to Newcastle. Fair, fair dues, Newcastle have been one of the form teams in 2022. A one 0 loss to Burnley, I guess the honeymoon Burnley. So I I don't know how much you know. Do you put stock in that or not? And then the three 0 loss to a team that doesn't know how to score goals in Brighton. I mean, what is going on at Wolves? Uh, it, is this the perfect time for Chelsea to play Wolves? Is this going to be Chelsea's trap? You know, escape artist situation. Is this the game that allows them to kind of get some sort of breathing room again from the chasing pack for that? third spot <laughs> um well i think these guys have drawn nil nil the last two times they've played each other um i was looking before and i think wolves beat them 2-1 before that so i don't think it's going to be as smooth sailing as chelsea might like to think it might be um i know chelsea you've got the fa cup final at the end of next week so i think it will be interesting to see how they stack up for this one definitely 
Um, so, yeah, I'm going to see. I don't know. I'm wondering if they're going to rest players um, for this one or if they if they just go full full guns blazing and um, like play the play the stack squad based on the kind of top three uh, place that they see themselves in at the moment. Um, I think Wolves are going to be trying to do everything they can to get a space in Europe as well. So um, I think they, you know, they may even think that they could potentially overtake Man U at this point. So it is really kind of all over the place in that, in that kind of area on the table. Um, I think Wolves haven't had the best luck with matches recently. I think they've lost the last three matches. So I do think they'll be, um, I do think they'll put up a fight with this one. Um, I don't know. I'm finding this one quite difficult to, to predict, but I think just like you were saying before about Chelsea pushing to keep that third place spot, I think they will want to put up a fight with that one. And I think I'm going to call a Chelsea win. And I'm going to say, I'm going to say, oh, I'm going to say 2 1 to Chelsea. And I've, I've pulled out a couple of 2 1s in this prediction, but I'm feeling a 2 1 coming on for Chelsea. So, yeah. All right then. Okay, so, so a two-one to Chelsea in that one. Look, I'm 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 gonna tell you straight up. I'm tired of predicting Chelsea wins and them just disappointing me. So I'm not doing that in this game. I'm going with the one-one draw. Um, hopefully that that unjinxes Chelsea for Chelsea fans and and that allows them to then actually go and get the score prediction Jody has predicted. But for me, for the for the sake of for for the sake of Chelsea fans, I'm gonna take the bullet here and I'm gonna predict a one-one draw. This is definitely a, a, a prediction that's with the heart, not necessarily <laughs> with the with the mind and, and the preparations that went into this show. I, I've just come to the realization that this needs to happen to break the curse that Chelsea are currently <laughs> in. And I wouldn't be surprised straight after that game if they then announce who the new owners are going to be yeah. because we're just breaking <laughs> all the curses at the moment with them, so it seems. But... Um, Jody, we will move on to the next game. It's Crystal Palace versus Watford. I mentioned Crystal Palace a bit earlier on when we were speaking about Southampton. Wilfred Zaha comes up big in the big moment to get them a goal that, you know, quite late in the game to to edge Southampton 2-1 in that one. They come up against Watford, who we mentioned earlier before as well, because they were facing Burnley. They took the lead. They were looking good. And then Burnley just decided to be recent Burnley, which seems to be like prime <laughs> Barcelona form at this stage. Um, so, yeah, it's two sides that will be feeling themselves, I think, feeling quite um, confident in from a Watford perspective in the sense that confident in the performance they had before Burnley scored <laughs> is how I'm, I'm thinking Roy Hodgson is going to be approaching that the preparations for this game to say, guys, look at what we did up to a certain point. Let's focus on that. Let's focus on those positives, and let's take it to Crystal Palace, which, as I'm, you know, as listeners know, and I'm sure as you know as well, Salas Park is one of my favourite grounds. I just think the atmosphere <laughs> is absolutely mm. fantastic. And if Watford come there without confidence. I think they could be in serious trouble in this one. Obviously, they haven't won a game since Lord knows when. Um, so <laughs> you got to you got to try and give the players some sort of confidence if you can, if you're Roy Hodgson. And I think the trick is to try and play on the fact that they were leading for so long and say, look, this is this this is more of the stuff we want to do, um, and and hope that the players can execute from that standpoint. But for me. Looking at the way the two teams are playing, looking at the way that Watford have been in terms of results, maybe not necessarily throughout the whole 90 minutes, they've played well in certain patches. We know the likes of Emmanuel Dennis can be a threat any time, but I just think the feel-good factor at Salas Park is going to pull through. I've I've gone with a three one Crystal Palace win and I don't know if Whoa. I'm being spicy <laughs> with calling a three one and I'm judging by your reaction you you think that was quite a uh, a spicy prediction yeah a very spicy one um, look I think Palace smashed them four one in February when they played at Watford so you know anything can happen anything can happen um, I think Watford yeah no I agree I think they've I think it's no wins in the last five matches at least I think for these guys um, I think you know Palace picked up a win against Southampton last week but I think they've also been having a pretty random season 
Um, I do like your Selhurst Park shout, though. I think, like you said, the fans are always up for it at Selhurst Park. I think Rich always gives Palace an edge. So um, I'm going to match you in terms of a Palace win. I'm not going to be as spicy as you. Um, I think I'm going to stay 2-0 to Palace. Okay, okay, 2-0, which is, uh, many would say, a professional win. (laughs) <laughs> a 2-0 win I, I was just looking back because I was now getting curious as to when the last time Watford won a game and of course it was against Spurs no Spurs. no it no. wasn't it wasn't don't worry don't worry it wasn't Spurs I was going to say of course it was against um, the 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 post honeymoon Steven Gerrard Aston Villa side uh, they course. won 1-0 on the 19th <laughs> of February so they haven't won a game since February wow. and before that February game they hadn't won a game <laughs> since I want to say Man United oh yeah, yeah. since Man United that in was, November yeah which was, was years ago decades ago um so yeah it's not looking great for Watford in that game um you've gone 2-0 the professional win for Crystal Palace I've gone 3-1 a slightly more spicy result but still (laughs) a two goal difference nonetheless we'll see if that has an impact on your bank it or burn it predictions because we're getting close to that time of the podcast Jody and we've got Mm. one more game to get through before we get to your bank it or burn it segment and that game is Brighton versus Man United. I mentioned Brighton earlier on and the, the, the free-spirited goal scoring that they seem to <laughs> have found um, in, in recent history. You know, if you're looking at their last couple of games, they had that 2-1 win against Arsenal. Obviously, the 1-0 win against Spurs. It's a running theme. I mean, you're on the show. We're going to mention Spurs pretty much all the time. That's okay. We We haven't had you for a long, long time. So we haven't had that that proper in-depth Spurs <laughs> discussion yet on the podcast. So I think we've been lacking from that perspective. So I have you here on the show. I'm, I'm definitely going to indulge in all the Spurs talk that I can. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Brighton then went on and had a 2-2 draw with Southampton and then went and beat Wolves quite emphatically with that 3-0 win. All of a sudden, Brighton have found a way to score goals mm. which yeah. is which is which is something i thought they would have to solve through the transfer market and somehow they've solved it mid-season i mean graham potter is is doing some business there at, at brighton <laughs> be interesting to see if he's there um heading into next season with some of the the, the stuff that was going on behind the scenes there at brighton but they come up against man united obviously you mentioned man united earlier on with regards to you know, the European um, competitions and where they could kind of end up. They've got the two games in hand on pretty much everyone, but it's only one game in hand on Brighton for Man United at the moment. They're on 58 points. If they have any chance, Jody, any chance (laughs) of getting near Arsenal or even Spurs, surely they have to win this game against a side that you would know all too familiarly are a very tricky outfit to play against and somehow seem to have found goals in Brighton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've, I've been super impressed with Brighton, actually, lately. Um, I think, yeah, so annoyed when they beat us 1-0 back in March. Like, what was that? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> all these teams that we should be winning against, we're not, and it's just so frustrating. Um but yeah, I think they've been playing really well um, and I think they should be really happy with where they are on the table considering they, they finished 16th last season. So yeah, I think um, yeah, I think they should be feeling pretty pretty happy with themselves. Um, Manu though, oh mate, Manu. It's like, <laughs> what is going on with this team? Um, it's just a Ronaldo show really, isn't it? I think he's the only one that's really showing up for them or when they play us anyway, because that's pretty much what happened when we played them twice. <laughs> um, I think top four, I think it's too far away for them now, like you said. Um, I think for them, it's just really about making sure that they can secure some kind of spot in Europe and they don't mess that up. But I think they've got some serious issues they need to sort out, really. Um, I think I do see Brighton showing up against them. Um, I think if Ronaldo's playing, man, you could potentially sneak a win, but I want to actually call a draw with this one. I'm going to say 1-1 for this one. And that that certainly won't be enough for United because United 
can still get five points. Um, yeah. I mean, sorry, can can um, can still get six points from their remaining games. So they need to get to oh, what, okay. sixty-four. That would that would take them to sixty-four if they mm-hmm. get two wins in their next two games. Um, Arsenal are currently on sixty-three. So mm-hmm. a, a, an Arsenal win or even a Spurs win, you'd imagine, would be curtains for Man United at this point in time. Yeah. And you said a one-one draw. Yeah. Yeah, so that 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 would write Man United out of the top four race, and as you said, the next thing for them would be just securing some kind of European football. Um, and obviously, Ten Hag coming in, I'm sure he'll be keeping a close eye on where they kind of land up. Yeah, you mentioned Ronaldo there. I mean, one thing we can't deny is that he's still getting the goals. Mm. Um, whether or not. You know, and, and the argument then is, well, he's still scoring the goal, so he's not the problem. And that seems to be a, a you know, I, I think there's, there's merit in that argument. But I also then look at it from a holistic standpoint and, and retort that, but if they don't bring Ronaldo in, you know, with the astronomical wages that he brings, as, as, as well as, you know, paying some sort of fee for him as well, you could kind of spread that money around the squad a, a lot mm. better and actually end up with a more well-rounded squad where you can spread spread Ronaldo's goals throughout the squad. You know, yeah. Bruno Fernandes probably ends up scoring more goals than he does at the moment yeah. or whenever yeah. he plays with Ronaldo. They, they, those goals would have been spread out through United, I think, and they would have been a better balanced team. But mm. um, at the moment, Ronaldo, and, and I mentioned at the start of the season, don't worry about Cristiano Ronaldo. He's going to get his. Ronaldo mm-hmm. will get his bag. Like, he will get his goals regardless of, of how bad a team is playing. But the problem is when he's in the team, I don't think other people get the goals that they're expected to get in that season. And that then becomes a problem for a team if you're looking to make top four, if you're looking to go for trophies and go for titles and all that kind of thing. Because, yes, from an individual's perspective, it looks great. 18 goals at the age of 37 He's looking fantastic from that perspective. But from a team perspective, no one else is really scoring goals. And, and mm. you have to start questioning why that situation is. But anyway, so for me, uh, this game will be interesting. I think Brighton have become... They've, they've, they've flipped the switch. They don't mm. do one-ones anymore, Jody. I had to break it to you. I'm sorry, your question's <laughs> wrong. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going with a... Oh, I'm going with a... 3-2 Man United win. Okay. Oh, wow, two goals for Brighton. Uh, nice, nice. Like I said, Brighton <laughs> score goals now. This yeah. is it. This Who is the new they? world. This is the new <laughs> world order that we live in. I'm going 3-2 to Man United. and Okay. It's going to be interesting because we all know, if you say three goals to Man United, Ronaldo's getting at least two of those. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's fair to say. Yeah. And whether or not you think it's contradictory, my whole Ronaldo individual stuff versus the team thing, that's fine. It's not really an issue for me because I stand by what I say in the sense that Ronaldo will get his numbers. But yeah. does it help the team's balance at the end of things? And no, it doesn't because they'll still be conceding two goals potentially more. Um, at the end of the day, they'll have won the game, so that's fine for this specific game. But if you look at the holistic season of Man United... Mm. I think Ronaldo's been the arsonist and the firefighter at the same time. Um mm. you know and 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 long may that continue. Me as a rival fan of Man United's, I'm I'm happy Ronaldo is there. Um <laughs> that should tell you everything yeah. you need to know about the situation at Man United. But Jody, <laughs> let's get to, let's get to business here. Because you've got some serious heavyweight challenges for your title at the moment on Bank of the Burning. Now, it's it's not been, a, in my opinion, it's not been a fair defense of your title because you've barely been yeah, able to, right? to do the show. Um, and that means you haven't had that many goes at Bank of the Burnet this mm. season. But... Them, you know, them's the strokes, man. Um, as we said, I don't need you, it. I don't you've, need you've, it. You've, you've, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> but like, um, 
Mitch Letizia has got 19 out of 25. Jake Jackman's joined him. He's got 19 out of 25. At this point in time, we're going to have another another face-off like we oh, did last wow. season the, oh. in the way that you won your title last season yeah. because they're tie and and we haven't been able to break that tie yet but maybe until today yeah <laughs> may, maybe you just go and just destroy everyone as as the yeah. champ um and well, you know we we just saw real madrid they're the champions league champs with the uh-huh. they're uh-huh. going for the, they've, they've got 13 they're going for that 14 Champions League trophy, and they've shown even when they're not playing well, they can still get the results. So maybe, maybe <laughs> the fact that even if you've not had to play the game a lot this season in Bank It or Burn It, maybe you just go out there and you get the result and you just yeah. wipe the floor with everyone for, for this season. But for those of you that don't necessarily know the rules, um, I'm going to put 15 seconds on the clock here and let me get my timer ready as I say that. And Jody is going to try and answer all of the five questions in each of the five rounds before the 15 seconds runs out. I'm going to read out each question. She's going to shout bank it if she thinks the situation is going to occur. Or she will shout burn it if, if she thinks the situation won't occur. Uh, the games are obviously the games we've just discussed. The five games. Brentford versus Southampton. Burnley versus Aston Villa, Chelsea versus Wolves, Crystal Palace versus Watford, and Brighton versus Man United. The questions, Jody, for this week are A, possession f- over 55% of the home team, B, over 8 shots on target, C, over 20 tackles, D, headed goals, E, knee slide goal celebrations. So have, have you got those? Are, are you, are you, how are you feeling? Yep. Yep, I got those. Okay. All right. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> Bank it or burn it champion is here to try and defend her title to see if she can go back to back as Bank it or burn it champion. Jody, I'm going to start us off with the first game, Brentford versus Southampton. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Your time starts now. Possession over 55% to the home team. Bank it. Over eight shots on target. Burn it. Over twenty shots on twenty tackles. Bank it. Headed goal. Burn it. Knee slide goal celebration. Bank it. <laughs> okay. She, you kind of varied it. Bank it, burn it, bank it, burn it, bank it, burn yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, switch it up, you know. There. Okay, a little mixy mix. Mix it up. Mixy wixy there. Um, all right, we got Burnley, we got Burnley versus Aston Villa as your next game. Uh, you've obviously predicted a one nil scoreline. There, we both predicted one nil scoreline. Look at that. Hopefully, yeah. that's a good omen for you for this round. Let's uh-huh. see how you get on. Your time starts now. Possession over fifty five percent to the home team. Burn it. Over eight shots on target. Bank it. Over twenty tackles. Bank it. Headed goal. Burn it. Knee slide goal celebration. Burn it. Burn it. Okay. Okay. A couple of banks in the middle there. It's like a burn it, bank it sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) We got going out on that one. (laughs) Interesting stuff. Okay. Okay. Let's see how you get on with Chelsea versus Wolves. Your time starts now. Possession of 55% of the home team. Bank it. Over eight shots on target. Burn it. Over 20 tackles. Burn it. Headed goal. Burn it. Knee slide goal celebration. Burn it. Ooh. Burn, burn, burn. There was one bank in there, yeah. Yeah, got a bank in there. Okay, all right, all right. Here we go. The penultimate one, one before the final one. Crystal Ooh. Palace versus Watford. You've predicted... 2-0, I've predicted 3-1. They're both a two-goal difference for that game. Your time starts now. Possession over 55% to the home team. Bank it. Over eight shots on target. Burn it. Over 20 tackles. Bank it. Headed goal. Burn it. Knee slide goal celebration. Burn it. Burn it. All right, Burn Jody, it the last one for the title to try and defend your title again. <laughs> Brighton versus Man United. Your time starts now. Possession over 55% to the home team. Bank it. Over eight shots on target. 
Bank it. Over 20 tackles. Bank it. Head a goal. Bank it. Knee slide goal celebration. Bank it. Yeah. <laughs> Full house of banks it. Bo, 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 bo. <laughs> that is a pretty awesome way to end it. Yeah. Thank you so much for playing, Jody. Guys, if you played at home, do let us know at a tad predictable. Send us through your predictions for those ones. Jody, your scores will obviously be tallied up after those games are done. It's done by an end of in, it, independent sorry an independent <laughs> panel uh i'm not involved in that i don't want to get involved in that uh personally because it's one it's a lot more work and then <laughs> two i don't want i don't want to be in trouble if anyone has queries with regards to their scores so i pass it on to the helpful people at a tad predictable and epl index uh huge shout out to them because not just that epl index are our presenting sponsors and this podcast is presented by EPLindex.com in association with Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider. You guys can check out their services at LibertyShield.com. And you guys can save with the coupon code EPL25 for 25% off either your router um, or a software VPN. And if you get the software VPN, it downloads onto your devices straight away, which is pretty nifty. Um, it's a virtual private network, which is a, which is a technology that encrypts your internet traffic to protect your online identity. It hides your IP address and shields your online data from third parties. You can avoid geo blocks and government imposed restrictions to access any website, which is such a fun tool. Um, I got to watch the Champions League games using Liberty Shield VPN today, which was a pleasure. Um, very seamless, very fast, very efficient, very safe. And thank you to them for sponsoring this show. Jody. we move on to, I guess, what is your game of the weekend, I'm assuming. I hope I'm, 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 I've assumed right on that one. Um, Liverpool versus Spurs on Saturday night. How are you feeling? <laughs> oh, not good. Not good. <laughs> oh, man. I am not looking forward to this at all. Um Ugh, I think, like I said before, a lot of our problem this season has been losing games we should easily be winning. Um, I think it just, the players just can't seem to show up against teams like Burnley, Southampton, or even Brighton at the moment. Um, but I definitely know our players will want to show up for this one, or at least I hope they will. Um, these are the kind of games that, you know, our team love to show up for, these big big games in lights um, kind of uh, kind of games. So um, I think obviously Liverpool have got Champions League final that they're preparing for now. So um, they'll have that in their minds, but it's not until the end of the month. So I highly expect Liverpool to be going into this one super confident as well. Um, I don't think that's going to have any impact on this game whatsoever, unfortunately for us. Um, I do think it's going to be a fun match to watch for neutrals. Uh, but I can tell you I'm going to be absolutely scared for the whole 90 minutes for this one because I think we've just got so much riding on this. Um, we drew against Liverpool at home in December, which was massive, I think, for us um, because before that, I think Liverpool have pretty much dominated every game against us. Um, I don't think we've won a game against them since, like, 2017, I think, was the last time we've won against uh, Liverpool. Um Oh, I don't know. I like to think we put up a fight. Um, I really, really want to see us win this, but I know Liverpool are just so stacked at the moment. You know, they're just on such another level. Um, given our history, I'm not entirely confident. Um, I actually think there's going to be plenty of goals, or I hope there's going to be plenty of goals in this one. Um, I'm not, I'm not confident enough to call a Spurs win. I wish I was. I really wish I was, but I just. I just don't see it happening. Um, sorry, Spurs fans who are listening. I think I'm going to say 4-3 to Liverpool. Um, I, yeah, I do see lots of goals in this one. Um, I do think it's going to be a fun match for people, but I just, yeah, I, I just, I really hope we win, but I don't know if we can. I don't know if we can. <laughs> Whoa, that would be a fantastic game for neutrals. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic game. And I guess for Liverpool fans, if, if they end up winning it, um, mm. but yeah, look, I, I get, I get where the fears are coming from. Um, 
especially with the inconsistency that Spurs have had this season. But yeah. you did mention, and, and I agree with you in the sense that these are the type of games that Spurs do turn up for. We've mm. seen them give Man City issues. We've yeah. seen them give Liverpool issues this season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely think these are the games that they turn up for. I definitely think these are the games that really get Conte going. Because mm. I think he would just love nothing more than to to be the one that decides the title race, so to speak. Yeah. Um, if he can get a draw, even a draw at this stage with the way mm-hmm. that Man City oh, and Liverpool play, <laughs> a, a draw is is not yeah. good enough for them at this point in time with, yeah. with the way those two are playing and, and they have to win out pretty much. And Liverpool have to win out and hope City lose mm. points somewhere at some point in time. So... That could be massive as well. Um, in terms of the two teams and how they come into it, I think you know, I, I think what might be the telling thing in this game is offense wins games, defense wins championships. Mm. I'm very worried about Spurs' defense against mm-hmm. Liverpool, and I think Luis Diaz probably starts this game. He didn't start midweek in the Champions League and mm. comes on changes the game. I think he's earned a start in this one. Emerson Royale versus Lewis Diaz uh, doesn't give me much hope. <laughs> more so, no. More so when I think of Spurs' right hand side, and I wonder who is going to play on the right wing. We've seen Lucas play there. We see Kuliszewski play there. And the yeah. reason I say that is because I think that left hand side is going to be crucial for Liverpool. In mm. that they'll have Diaz there, and they'll have Robertson overlapping. And mm-hmm. I and I worry that Spurs might get outnumbered on that left-hand side mm-hmm. because I don't know if Lucas has the discipline to drop back if he, he plays there. I don't know if Kuliszewski yeah. has the discipline to, to chase Robertson all the way back to his own box. Mm. Um, so that will be an interesting thing to see in that game. Uh, and then also from a perspective of just game state, I think Spurs, the, the worst thing happened for Spurs fans. First of all, Liverpool didn't go to extra time. Uh, mm-hmm. which I think Spurs fans would have been hoping for. And two, Liverpool didn't win the game just comfortably mm-hmm. and just continue in a, you know, sort of like, a oh, we, we're so amazing, we're very calm. Mm-hmm. And then Spurs surprised them. No, that mm-hmm. surprise happened a game early. It happened mm-hmm. at Villarreal. They got surprised. They figured it out. And one, it's now taken that surprise element, you'd imagine, away from this Liverpool team in the sense of, yeah. okay, guys, we've got to start games on fire here we can't lose concentration yeah. which i think spurs yeah. would have tried to capitalize on yeah and then also it's now given i think the liverpool players a fresh reminder of no matter how bad it's going in a game we've got enough talent in the squad to fix this mm-hmm. so even if spurs do score early even if spurs go two up at half time liverpool now have a fresh reminder of oh no need to panic. We can get this back. And that belief means they're probably never out of any game. So I, I just think it's a, it's a it's not a great time for Spurs to come up against Liverpool. I do think that yeah. Spurs get a goal in this one. I think that Son Kane counter will at least get one goal in this one. It probably might get two. Uh, look, if I'm I'm tossing and turning between a. 3-1 or a 3-2 Liverpool win. And and the reasoning is this. The 3-1 three, the three is because I think it will be 2-1 for long enough for Spurs to be forced to, to actually come out of the shot. Because I, I, I can see Spurs being happy to play on the counter-attack, being mm-hmm. very compact and disciplined and play on the counter-attack with Kuliszewski and Son on, on the wings, um, making runs with Kane dropping deep to collect the mm-hmm. ball and feeding them the ball. I can see yeah. Spurs doing that. And I can see them being successful in getting one or two goals from that situation. The problem for me is if Liverpool go ahead 2-1 in this game, Spurs mm-hmm. are going to have to abandon that role because yeah. Liverpool are the ones that are going to sit back and let Spurs counter them. And then Spurs in transition defense is very... Scary it's for not me. great. I think no. I think they're gonna get <laughs> not exposed. Just you. <laughs> I, I think they're yeah. gonna get exposed, and then yeah. we'll end up conceding that third goal. So you know what? Yeah, I'm, I've 100%. talked myself into it. I'm gonna three-one to Liverpool. Oh. But yeah, look, I'm sorry, Spurs fans. Um, but hey, Spurs on the counter is dangerous. 
They've shown it uh-huh. against Man City. They've shown it against Liverpool this season. There's every possibility that they do win it. But yeah. I do think that it's unlikely. And I think Liverpool continue to put pressure on Man City, who will see how they react later on in the weekend. Um, but let's move on to Arsenal versus Leeds, Jody. Um, Arsenal, obviously, will come into this game knowing the result of Spurs versus Liverpool. Now, I'm tired of trying to decide whether that's a good thing or a bad thing when it comes to Spurs <laughs> and Arsenal, knowing the result of the team before, because mm, sometimes yeah. they, they use yeah. it to win. Sometimes they yeah. add too much pressure on them and they end up yeah. losing a game. But they're yeah. playing a side that desperately needs points now. All of a sudden, Leeds are in that relegation zone and are fighting mm. for their lives. So I think this game is going to be a lot trickier than Arsenal would have imagined a, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I think Spurs, I think I think Leeds surprise Arsenal on this one. I've I've gone for a a 2-2. Okay. I've gone for a 2-2 in this one and it will be interesting because if if Spurs lose, Arsenal get a draw. It doesn't mean Arsenal are now, you know, fully clear of Spurs. It still leaves that, you know, it still leaves a a, a, a decent gap that Spurs can can kind of get back and and claw Arsenal back and because it would be a three-point gap, and we know that the two teams play each other soon, and we know Spurs have the better goal advantage. Mm-hmm. So that could make that North London derby spicy towards the end, end of the season. Mm. But yeah, so I've, I've, I've gone 2-2 two, two in this one. I think, I think Leeds fighting for their lives, their direct style of football at the Emirates in a big pitch, I think is going to favor Leeds. The interesting thing is whether or not they can be clinical, because I do think they do create chances. They've just not been clinical. I think they do get a couple of goals in this one. What are your thoughts on Arsenal versus Leeds? Yeah, I mean, Arsenal just seem like they just won't quit at the moment. I think <laughs> kind of the opposite to like how we've been playing recently. All the games we expected them to lose, they've won. So, yeah, it's been very frustrating again. Um, I really hope Leeds can do us a favour and pull out some magic in this one. I think, as you've said, um, I think they're going to want to put up a fight definitely in this one to avoid relegation. Um, I think, I think Arsenal have been just too strong in the, in the recent games or they've had maybe not too strong. Maybe the fact that they've just had loads of luck, I think, in some of their most recent matches, um, I think in terms of Leeds, they've I think they've really missed Paddy B this season. Um, I think he's been, you know, he was such a driving force for them last season. They've not been lucky in terms of injuries and things. So um, I think it could go either way. But I do think you're right in the fact that they are fighting for that relegation spot. Um, I think... I don't think they're going to want to go down. Um, and I don't really want them to go down because I, I do like watching them play. Um, I really, really want Leeds to win this one. I think I'm going to join you in the two shout, but I'm going to say it's going to be a win actually to me. So I'm going to say 2-1 to Leeds for this one. Ooh, that would yeah. definitely spice things up quite a bit. So Leeds get the away win there at Arsenal 2-1. Let's move on to Leicester versus Everton. Obviously Everton get that massive win against Chelsea in the Lampard derby last week out. And then they come up against the Leicester side who they've been interestingly weird this season for me. <laughs> um obviously Spurs, as you know, beat them three one last time out. I thought Leicester's tactics were a bit weird in that game. Uh, it didn't mm. make sense to me considering having seen two teams be very good at stifling the Kane Son partnership and, and allowing Kane space. Mm. Um Leicester just did not and it was weird um yeah but in this game um i found this game the hardest to predict actually because i'm not sure what version of either team is going to pitch up do do everton want the ball in this game i know i know it seems like i'm i'm really smashing down on everton in this podcast but (laughs) i I don't know if everton are going to want the ball in this game do they do the try and get ahead and then slow the game down. Just for that, I think Everton win it 1-0. I think Everton get a goal early on and then come the Pickford antics of diving on the ball when he's caught it. Uh, Richarlison's going to be going down every 10 minutes. We know Gordon's got at least three or four dives in him in this game. Um, Yeah, I'm going with the 1-0 Everton win. A very grubby 1-0 win. But (laughs) Everton won't care. Wins a win. Points on the board. Let's stay up. 
that's all that matters for Everton fans at the moment. If you want to worry about pretty football, we can do it next season when we're back in the Premier League. That should be the mindset for Everton. <laughs> Just do everything you can to win games at the moment. Legally, of course. Do everything you can legally to try and win games at the moment. Stay up and then try and fix the problems that are so vast at that club at the moment. But yeah, so I've got a 1-0 Everton win. I've given them the benefit of the doubt. I think we see an Atletico, a poor man's Atletico Madrid type of performance um, and, and they, they sneak a win in this one. What do you, what do you say? You've taken my shout there. I was also <laughs> going to go 1-0 to Everton. Um, I think, like you said, they finally secured a win against Chelsea last week. Um, I think, you know, in terms of the whole relegation stuff for them, I think it's going to be absolutely devastating for them if they get relegated. I think um, it's just going to be massive. You know, I, I just feel like they, they can't let that happen. Um, I think, you know, they just need to put in every inch of effort to make sure that that doesn't happen. Um, I think Leicester have had a pretty average season as well. So I think I get I get you in that it, ha- it was a bit of a hard one to kind of um, predict, I think, for this one. Um, I think Everton Leicester drew 1-1 when they played each other last month. Um, so, yeah, I do see it being a pretty similar type of game to that. But I think what, yeah, I think what you've said 1-0 is definitely um, is, is going to happen, going to pan out for this one for me. So, yeah, 1-0. 1-0. And we move on to West Ham. They obviously travel to Norwich. Now, West Ham probably have put all their eggs into the Europa League basket. And at the moment, it's not going well for them. They're currently down on aggregate. They obviously will be playing before they they play Norwich. So they will kind of know their fate in, in that competition by the time they play Norwich. But I do think that irrespective of concentrating on other tournaments, etc., this, unfortunately, is Norwich at the moment. Where they are, they just take L's. And I do see Everton... I mean, I do see West Ham winning this game. I'm going with a 2-0 West Ham win. Um, how do you feel about this one? You're taking all my shouts, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you the next one. I'll give you the next I one. I definitely... I was going to call a 2-0 win to West Ham on this one. Sorry, Norwich. Um, but Norwich, your boys. What happened to your boys? Oh, bless. <laughs> Look... We we had a good run. We had some we had some spicy wins, you know. Um, yeah. All five yeah, yeah, of you them did this season. Um, <laughs> they put up you know, a good fight. You know what? You know what? No, no, no. You know what? Fulham are coming up. We know that we're yeah, a relay team. Yeah. When yeah. when Norwich go down, Fulham pick up the baton. <laughs> when Fulham go down, Norwich pick up the baton. I think next season's Fulham season. I'm making an early prediction on who's going to be the the official unofficial official unofficial team of the podcast exit i have a sneaky feeling it's going to be fulham and i have a sneaky feeling ah. feeling fulham going to stay up i think they've got enough next season but anyway that's next season let's not, I'll, I'll leave that hanging there and I, we'll see how the, the 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 pre-season meetings go at a tad predictable and whether or not i can wrestle fulham into that role but yeah <laughs> norwich west ham so are you saying what six nil norwich uh two nil to West Ham. <laughs> Sorry, Norwich. <laughs> I think West Ham will be coming into this one pretty hot after their loss to Arsenal. And I really, um, I think they really want to finish above Man U. So, yeah, again, I'm going back to that, you know, claiming their spot in Europe thing. I think West Ham are definitely going to be fighting for it. And I just don't see Norwich, I just don't see them. Sorry, guys, but I just don't see them, you know, with the position they're in. I just, it's not, it's not going to be fun for them. So, <laughs> 2-0. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Oh, they had a good one. They had a good one. But anyway, Jody, <laughs> take us home here with the last game of this podcast, because obviously we know the game week goes into Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, um, and, and there'll be more details on that when we do the plugs later on in the show. But the last game for this podcast, the last game on Sunday, is Manchester City versus Newcastle. Manchester City, obviously a time of recording have just been eliminated from the Champions League. So they have to lick their wounds really quickly and, and get focused on trying to retain their Premier League title, I'd imagine. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Newcastle though, um, we talk about Newcastle, they're on fire right now, right? Like having, I think they've only lost to Liverpool um, in their last five matches. And then even that Liverpool game was, they played pretty well up against Liverpool as well, I thought. 
Um, I think Man City, though, just another level, really, aren't they? Um, I think you mentioned it earlier, but I think we were incredibly lucky to win against them twice this season. That's twice. Spurs won against Man City (laughs) twice, everybody. Congrats, congrats. Um, But other than that, I think they've been pretty much unstoppable, really. Um, Yeah, and I don't really see anything different during this one. I think, as you mentioned, they've now been knocked out of the Champions League. Um, So, yeah, I just see nothing other than them putting all their eggs in this basket um, and putting all their effort into this one, so uh, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna go another big one, and I'm gonna say four two to Man City. Um, yeah, I just think that Man City are gonna be full powerhouse. They're gonna just show everybody who they are, and unfortunately take this one out. So yeah, they t- they take it out on Newcastle, and and that's the thing, a, a, an animal, a wounded animal backed into a corner is quite a dangerous animal, and. <laughs> I think that's City at the moment. They've been knocked out of the FA Cup. They've been knocked out of the Champions League. They've only got one <laughs> trophy left to play for. Mm. I don't want to be the team standing in their way of getting that trophy, personally. Yeah. I, I, I think they're going to be angry. I think they're going to put up a performance, especially at home, where the fans are going to be angry that they're not in the Champions League. They're going to expect the Premier League title now. Now, now they have to get the Premier League title. And you know what? If it was another team, I'd say maybe they'll crumble under the pressure. But we've seen time and time again when it comes to the Premier League, City rarely crumble under the pressure. I, I, I can't imagine too many times where there's been a close title race with this version of Manchester City and they've not mm. won out. Um, quite a few of those obviously have been against Liverpool. That's why they're quite fresh in my memory. But when, when when the race is close in the title race, Man City usually have the steel when it comes to the Premier League to go and win it out. Um, yeah. And I think that's going to be the case in this game. I think they do go and make an emphatic win. You know, And if our score predictions are correct, obviously the Liverpool fans will be quite excited going into this game. They would have won. They would have put the pressure <laughs> on, on, on Man City. And then Man City are just going to pour cold water all over that party. <laughs> I just think that's what they're going to do. And, and that's what they're going to do for the rest of the season. And, and they end up being Premier League champions, would assume, um, if, if that is the case, if they do go end up winning all their games. Jody, thank you so much. Um, my prediction for that um, Man City-Newcastle game, I'm going to go 3-1 Man City. Mm-hmm. 3-1 Man City. I, I do think transition defending, if Kyle Walker is out, as as we saw him leaving the game, um, I think that could be a problem area for Man City in transition defense and, and Newcastle get a goal in that avenue. But that is going to do it for another episode of A Tad Predictable. Jody, do you have anything you want to plug, put over, or promote before we wrap up? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Spursy141 um, or you can catch me on Paxton Road's YouTube channel where I host a play rating show called Judge Jody, um, usually on a Monday night. So, yeah, that's where you can find me. Judge Jody is a great show, by the way. Um, <laughs> I enjoy listening to that. Um <laughs> Yeah, and I need to send in a nomination for is it jail? Do you, you send people uh, to jail? Yeah, yeah. So crime uh, of the we week. have a yeah. crime of the week section where um, we have a people send in nominations for anything that happens in the world of Spurs um, during the week. So it could be on pitch, off pitch activities, something that is a crime, um, and we have a couple of nominations that we uh, we lock people up for every week. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that is good fun. Yeah, guys, definitely go go check out. Um, Judge Jody, um, as as she's mentioned at Spursy One for One on Twitter, um, guys. From my end, go and check out all of the content on EPL Index website. We have match previews, post match reviews, player performances, and all of the news you could wish for. Obviously, coming towards the end of the season, transfer rumors are starting to ramp up. If you want to keep up with what's going on with your club, definitely go check out EPLIndex.com, the one stop shop for all things EPL football. Of course, there is the daily podcast show, the Two Footer Podcast with Dave Hendrick. Uh, Finally, also go check out the flagship show that runs weekly. It's the EPL Roundtable with Kev DeVries. He sits down with panelists from around the EPL. They do reviews and previews of the happenings around the EPL. Go and follow this show on the Twitter page at a tad predictable. Um, Follow at EPL Index on Twitter. Subscribe to EPL Index podcast channel on your podcast providers guys do give us five stars write some positive comments 
I can't explain how much that really, really goes a long way for us. Um, and I appreciate those of you that have done it so far. Um, go and get your predictions in um, for the predictions competition at eplindex.com stroke predictions and you stand a chance to win. Um, all you have to do is get your game week predictions in every single week. And then if you top the leaderboard come the end of the 21-22 EPL season, you stand a chance to win a £100 voucher for EPL Index Shop as well as £300 cash prize from our awesome sponsors, Liberty Shield VPN. A huge thank you to Liberty Shield VPN for that package that they've set up for the winner of the EPRindex.com stroke predictions competition. I've been Teddy Ochanakira. You can find me on Twitter at TadPredicts. A uh, huge thank you to Obi Semenya for the guest intros that you, you hear at the beginning. He's at John Empire SA. Our producer behind the glass, Mr. Guy Drinkle. He's at Guy Drinkle on Twitter. And just some admin-wise, guys, um, Guy Drinkle and Dave Hendrick, the guys that do um, the two-footed podcast, they are going to be taking over the baton to end the season um, in terms of a tad predictable because I'm going on holiday. Um, yeah, I chose a very crucial time during the Premier League season to go on holiday, but it is what it is. And they're going to be hosting a tad predictable. They will have predictions for next week's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday games. As I mentioned, guys, we, we've done this weekend's ones. And then going forward, they are going to have the prediction shows coming out under the tad predictable banner. And if the show does need a, a, a show off on the last weekend of the Premier League between Mitch and Jake, I, I think Guy Drinkle's going to host that. Um, so that should be pretty fun. A, a showdown, a face-off of predictions, predicting all 10 games from the Premier League uh, fixtures for that weekend, opposed to just the five, so that we get an undisputed ultimate winner of Bank and Burnet, which should be exciting. But from myself, from at Spursy one for one Remember, Chisinga Perry. Oh, it's brilliant. Take it away by Oh, it's glorious. And it's Ward Prowse who strikes it. Bamford shot. Oh, brilliant. The Pogba. Oh, what a finish. Came out to Jimenez. Picked that one out. What a goal by Harry Kane. Saka, 2-0. Jesse Lingard. Oh, thumping finish. The champions of 2021. Sports Social Podcast Network.